Hey everybody, welcome back to Dark Haunting Histories and Ghosts. Today we're going to start part one of genocides of the 20th century. And it was pretty disturbing to see how frickin' many of them they were, or there were. Um, that's why we're going to have to do this in parts. So we're going to start ourselves off in China. But before we do, I want to give a shout out to Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is freaking amazing. They have been so helpful in teaching me how to um, start a podcast. And if I have any questions, because obviously this is only my second episode, I'm able to find it there and get the help that I need to move it forward. So if you're thinking about maybe wanting to start a podcast, definitely go through Buzzsprout because they're just, I can't say enough about how helpful they are and the resources that they offer to get you started. So that being said, once again, thank you, Buzzsprout. I appreciate you. Um, we're going to go into the anti-communist mass killings in China. So we're going to start off with the Shanghai Massacre. That occurred on April 12, 1927. It was the violent suppression of the Communist Party of China, or also known as the CPC. Now, spoiler alert, the communists end up winning. But for right now, this part of the story, let's talk about the KMT, also known as the Chiang Kai-shek's conservative faction. So they're called the Kuomintang. Now, when I was in karate, we used to call it uh, Kumite when we would fight real Kumite. Um, so, yeah. Anyhow, I guess that's not funny. All right, so political unrest obviously followed any organization with communist leanings and got yeeted, and the new conservative organization sprang up. Now, during the reorganization, it was peaceful. Just kidding. So over 1,000 communists were actually arrested, and 300 approximately were executed, and 5,000 went missing. Could you imagine 5,000 people that you potentially know just going missing out of nowhere? So um, that was pretty awful. Okay, so, but we're not here just for that, Bridget. All of this, Comoria, which is Italian for commotion or, you know, manic craziness, led to the Nanjing-Wuhan split in Wuhan. Now, okay, Wuhan, what what's up with you? Why you always got to be pulling something uh, tricky? Uh, the Wuhan Kumiteng began to violently purge the communists. Uh, the CPC had an agreement with their fellow communist homie, and that was Stalin, obviously, well-known communist. And they were so well organized, it could have actually overthrown the left wing KMT and take over the entire Wu Tang, Wu Tang, Wu Tang, the Wuhan government. More than 10,000 communists in Canton, Zimen, Fuzhou, Ningbo, Nanjing, Hangzhou, and Changsha were arrested and executed within 20 days. Now, that is a lot of freaking work to do. 10,000 freaking communists in 20 days. So the Soviet Union and Stalin, being so peace-loving and, you know, mentally stable as they are, um, terminated its cooperation with the CPC. 
the Wuhan nationalist government fell completely apart, leaving uh, Chiang or the KMT victorious. So, um, you know, the sole jefe or the leader of the Kuomintang is now Chiang. In one year, over 300,000 people were killed across mainland China in the suppression of the campaign um, that was carried out by the KMT. 300,000 people just dead. Um, so, of course, a civil war is going to kick off between the Kuomintang and the communists, okay? Both being a-holes and committing mass violence against the people just trying to live their lives. So we're not talking that it's just soldiers getting killed. We're not talking about, you know, people that are members of specific unions or, um, you know, any part of a faction. They are just peasants growing their food, trying to live. And... You know, they're just, you know, getting killed off. So now, um, during the Civil War, the Kuomintang anti-communist faction killed 1,131,000 soldiers, and that was before entering combat, okay? During its conscription campaigns, more were killed. Now, in addition to the Kuomintang faction massacred a hundred or I'm sorry, 1 million civilians, okay? So Kuomintang is killing all these freaking people. They're not just killing members of, you know, the army. So once again, spoiler alert, if you do shit like that, you're obviously obviously going to push people to the other side, which we're going to see over and over and over again in history, okay? So China, no surprise there, becomes communist. Um... So now it's obviously with that many people dead, there's no surprise that there's, you know, reports of hauntings. One in Shanghai is actually kind of, it's not my sick humor for once. It's actually, you know, the people that live there's sick humor. Okay. So in, in Shanghai, there is the Wuhan mansion. Okay. Where dozens of, or Wu, Wu Kang, Wu Kang, I'm sorry, mansion, where dozens of persecuted intellectuals, because obviously to be part of the communist party, you can't be smart. They committed suicide, um, and it is compassionately called the diving board. Now, once again, that's not my gross dark humor. That's what the locals call it, the diving board. Um, I'm sure Wuhan is haunted too, but the ghosts there are quarantined. But um, all right. So now we're staying in China because obviously China is a big, big country, so a lot of crazy madness has happened. So they pop up again with something called the Great Chinese Famine. Now, this is considered as the deadliest famine and one of the greatest man-made disasters in human history. Its death toll is in the area of 15 to 55 million people. Now, I mean, how in the hell is there a 40 million person gap. You know something's freaking devastating if there's a 40 million person gap of, you know, we don't know whether or not they died. So these people are dying left, right, and center. I'm guessing they're probably getting thrown into mass burial pits because if you can't even freaking keep track, I mean, yeah, obviously they're not getting proper burials. 
Um, and you know who in the hell caused this and orchestrated this? The freaking politicians and their stupid ass politics. Now, their policies of the great leap forward. Oh, the magnificence of communism and their constant leap forwards. Um, the ineffective distribution of food due to shock and awe, uh, the planned economy, the government of being pompous jerks and requiring poor agricultural techniques. Because obviously, having never done any of the agricultural work, they know best. So they also enacted something called the four pest campaign that reduced bird populations, which obviously pissed off mother nature and threw the entire ecosystem into a spiraling mess because if there's no birds and the birds are all getting killed off, nothing's eating the bugs. Now the bugs are multiplying like bugs will. And now you have the plague of locusts. Okay. Well, I don't know if they're actual locusts, but you know, they're eating all of the food, the corn, any of, you know, the produce that's being grown in that general area. So do you think that the government's going to cut back on how much they expect or how much they give out? No, that, cause that would be, you know, that would make sense. Okay. So um, the communists obviously think that communism can control everything and make it great. So it's obviously communism in general is a really bad idea and hasn't really worked out in favor of anybody underneath it or living with it. So as I'm learning and researching this, I'm finding great folklore, but no direct hauntings caused by this. Um, in one article, it actually claims that it's due to the shame of communism failing. So if there are goats, you know, people aren't allowed to, you know, report on the ghosts themselves because ghosts are seen as kind of shameful and they're going to call out, you know, the communists for basically killing him. I did, however, find multiple reports of cannibalism. And now that shit is haunting enough. So I'm not even going to worry about the lack of ghosts at this point because that is scary enough. Okay. So there's a story that I found and it was in The Guardian about a teenage orphan who kills and eats her four-year-old brother just to survive. Now that's in the, and then there's a book called Tombstone and that's written by Yang Jisheng and he describes scenes that would make Rob Zombie nauseous. Okay, so you got people eating corpses and fighting over their bodies, people eating their own children. Now, to be fair, I threaten to eat my own children all the time, but that's usually just because they're being obnoxious um, and not doing what they're told. So I actually haven't ever eaten my children. Just just throwing that out there. So I may not have found ghosts with this story, but obviously, come on, people eating their own kids is haunting enough. So next up, we are going to another amazing communist nation, and it is the USSR. Can I just throw out there that the USSR, China, or Russia, and the Ukraine, the whole general freaking area scares the hell out of me, okay? Because it is a tough place to live, and to live there, you have to be a tough son of a bitch. And if you've ever watched the dash cam footage from the Russians, they're crazy. They are straight up crazy, and I don't want to mess with them, ever. All right, so we're going to begin with something that I found super, super awful. Now, there's pictures and there's records of this. 
even though the USSR and Stalin at the time didn't want any records to be put out there about this. And it's called the Holodomar, a.k.a. the Soviet famine. Now, that famine lasted from 1932 through 1933. This famine was also man-made. And once again, thanks to communism, Stalin targeted the Ukrainians from 1932 to 1933 because the Ukrainians really enjoyed their their self-determinations, okay? So they didn't want to be under, you know, a collective. They didn't want to have to work collective farms. They had their own farms. They liked taking care of themselves, you know, and then selling anything in excess, you know, to the markets like it's normally done. You know, they had enough food. They could just live their lives without, you know, really any worry. So that obviously goes against everything Stalin and communism stands for. So they didn't want the Ukrainians getting the idea of independence in their head. So they um, basically forced all of their farms and whatnot to the state. So they took away all of their land, their produce, and they <clears throat> made them work on a collective, which is basically like a communal farm. Okay, and these farms have to put out a certain amount of grain or crops, you know, every month or every year to keep to keep it going, right? Because you got to feed the entire country. And so each farm has to put out a certain amount, you know, a certain amount. Now, the problem is the amount that Stalin estimated that these farms were going to put out um, was based off of the um, the amount of grain that was produced in 1931. Now, 1932 rolls around and the yields are dropping off. So there's no way for these people to produce as much grain as they're expected to. Um, so what the Russians started to do was they cut back on um, the rations that they provided, right? So they figured they'd work harder if they're hungry, I guess. Um, and Stalin thought it was because the Ukrainians weren't willing to give the state food. So being the benevolent communist that he was, he decided to take all of their food, not just a little bit, all of it. And he basically wiped out the Ukrainian dissenters. Um, he also blocked all of the borders so no one could leave and no food or help could be brought in. And if starving to death wasn't bad enough, if you were caught eating anything not given to you directly by the state or allotted to you, you would be tortured and killed. Once again, famines kick with any famine. Cannibalism was widespread, and it was written and reported by a survivor at the end that those who didn't kill and eat their neighbors or kids died. So that's how bad it was. They killed pets. They killed people. I mean, they basically were eating anything and everything they could. There were areas in the Ukraine where none of the trees had bark because people had peeled off all the bark to eat. Um, and then to add insult to injury, Soviets printed posters that said to eat your own children is a barbarian act. Um, so that would just rub some salt in those wounds. You're starving them to death at this point and yeah they're having to eat their own kids of course 
I may threaten to eat my own kids, but I've never been in a position where I'm hungry enough where that's crossed my mind. So I don't know where they, you know, how that feels. Now, more than 2,500 people were actually convicted of cannibalism. So it's pretty obvious that the ghosts from this are the psychological kind and not necessarily the paranormal. And once again, with, you know, communism, a lot of reports of this kind are hushed up and people aren't allowed to really talk about it because once again, it's a showing of a failure of communism. So how are you going to sell communism to the rest of the world when it's failing so bad here? Um, now from 1936 to 1938, there was also a large scale repression of the peasantry. So you had ethnic cleansing, you had purges, and between 1937 and 1938, the death toll um, due to the Stalinist repression was estimated between um, 950,000 to 1.2 million. Now the purge went after anyone considered to be you know counter revolutionaries and enemies of the people. This was called the Great Purge, and the Communist Party were worried about the social disorder caused by the forced collectivization of the peasants, once again, taking all their personal belongings away and making them work on a state facility, okay? Now, obviously, there's still some lingering anger from the Great Famine. I don't see people getting over that anytime soon, and still to this day, it is, people stop and pay respect on that, you know on a specific day to honor those that died during the famine. Now, also keep in mind, so we're talking about 1938 in the USSR and the Ukraine. What's also happening in Europe at this time? You have Hitler. So Hitler's kicking off. He's getting ready to, you know, invade Poland, and they're getting ready to make a deal. But at this point, Stalin doesn't really know, you know, or he's in talks with Hitler about, you know, helping take over Poland. But at any rate, there's obviously going to be a war kicking off at any point. So, you know, doing the smart thing and trying to mitigate any potential uprisings with the threat of war on the horizon, Stalin started to purge, um, obviously, the country. But he started with his army. So he purged five marshals. Um, 13 out of 15 commanders, 8 out of 9 admirals, 50 out of 57 army corps commanders, and more thanks to, you know, the paranoia that's building at this time. Because obviously, if you're not down with the clown, you got to be killed and you're not going to be helping anybody out. So he purged almost all of the Bolsheviks who played a prominent role in during the Russian Revolution of 1917. Now, remember, that is when um, they killed the Tsar and the Tsarina, and you had um, Rasputin during this time. So um, I guess they were probably regretting their decision to kill all these people at this point. I mean, now it's their turn. So then after they were done with the Bolsheviks, which ironically enough, Hitler was against and wanted to kill himself, um, they went after the intellectuals. Because like I said, you can't be an intellectual living in a communist society because there's a good chance you may have common sense and think that this probably isn't the best way to live. And then so 
After they killed the intellectuals, they went after the immigrants. And believe it or not, a lot of Americans actually immigrated during the Great Depression there to try to find better opportunities. So obviously that didn't work out for them. And then you had the gulag inmates. Now, if you've ever seen like anything about gulags, check it out. That is freaking terrifying. They are scary. It's just not a good place to be. And then once they were done with the gulag inmates, then they went after the Mongolians. So by the time Mr. Comrade was done, anywhere from 500,000 to 7 meters million people had been killed. Once again, when you're killing people left, right, and center, it's kind of hard to keep track. And you don't really want to admit that you're having to kill all these people because communism isn't working out for you. Um, and that you may have gone apeshit crazy. So the whole total from the Great Famine through the purges, and this is even before Stalingrad and actual World War II, you had it's estimated 23 million people died here, okay? Now, with all of that being said, um, it's said that Stalin's ghost is actually still wandering the Kremlin, pissed that the country is being run the way that it is. Now, you know, being an American, you don't hear too many great things about Russia, but you certainly are not hearing about great famines and you know, the purges. Now, granted, they did invade Ukraine again, and there's some craziness happening there, but maybe not to the extent of 23 million people dying because, you know, some short dude with mustache pissed. All right, so next episode will be coming out shortly. Hopefully you enjoyed this, and once again, please, if you're really thinking about doing a podcast, go to Buzzsprout because even if nobody listens, it's a good way to talk about what you're interested in. So, you know, just putting that out there. All right. Well, thanks everybody. And I'll talk to you all soon. Stay, stay spooky.